0: Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Greg. Thanks for joining me today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's take a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. as I read your words in scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. We'll be reading from Micah, chapter six. Listen to what the Lord says. Stand up, plead my case before the mountains. Let the hills hear what you have to say. Hear, you mountains, the Lord's accusation. Listen, you everlasting foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a case against his people. He is lodging a charge against Israel. My people, what have I done to you? How have I burdened you? Answer me. I brought you up out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you, also Aaron and Miriam. My people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, plotted and what Balaam, son of Beor, answered. Remember your journey from Shittim and Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? shall i come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old will the lord be pleased with thousands of rams with ten thousand rivers of olive oil shall i offer my firstborn for my transgression the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul he has shown you o mortal man what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god listen the lord is calling to the city and to fear your name is wisdom heed the rod and the one who appointed it am i still to forget your ill-gotten treasures you wicked house and the short Epha which is accursed shall i acquit someone with dishonest scales with a bag of false weights your rich people are violent Your inhabitants are liars, and their tongues speak deceitfully. Therefore I have begun to destroy you, to ruin you because of your sins. You will eat, but not be satisfied. Your stomach will still be empty. You will store up, but save nothing, because what you save I will give to the sword. You will plant, but not harvest. You will press olives, but not use the oil. You will crush grapes, but not drink the wine. You have observed the statutes of Omri and all the practices of Ahab's house. You have followed their traditions. Therefore, I will give you over to ruin and your people to derision. You will bear the scorn of the nations. This is Chapter 6 begins with this reminder of the Lord's faithfulness to his people and a pointed declaration of what God requires of his people. The judgment that's laid out here in chapter 6 produces the lament of the people in in chapter 7 and the pouring out again of God's mercy in the second half of chapter 7 and into chapter 8. So there are many things that we could look at in regards to God's faithfulness and preserving his promises to his people and the recounting of God's deeds and deliverance of his people in this chapter. But I really want us to focus on this essential question of what the prophet says is, what does the Lord require? The very nature of the question is troublesome or may be troublesome to many because, including myself, because it assumes that God requires or demands something. Something. The question of what does God require puts God in a position of authority and judgment over his people. Many people may have grown up with this idea of God as someone who is kind and gracious and and always just loving and forgiving. And these characteristics are very true of God, but he's also holy and just and righteous known as a consuming fire, as one biblical prophet would say. So the question that Micah the prophet is asking is, how can one approach God, who is holy and righteous? And Micah the prophet assumes one must approach God in a certain way, in a certain posture. One doesn't approach God on a whim, and it's not like it's no big deal. The prophet looks to the sacrifices that were offered and wondering if, if these were enough, if these were pleasing enough to God that we might approach him. He looks to the sacrifice of one's own one's possessions, even the sacrifice of bearing the consequences of sin and wondering, would this be enough to give us the ability to approach God or to please God? Ultimately, he ends in verse 8 with a directive to the people of God with instructions of how we are to approach God what does the Lord require of us we act justly we love mercy and we walk humbly with our God notice the three-pronged approach of taking an active role of living in justice combined with loving mercy and this sense of kindness and compassion and then finally this idea of walking humbly with God the three dimensions of life for a follower of Jesus acting acting justly in the world, loving mercy and walking in forgiveness and compassion, and then walking upward in our relationship with God in humility. If we take a self-reflective look at how the prophet Micah instructs God's people to approach the Lord their God, we may be relieved that it's not through this great and precious sacrifice of our possessions. No, 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 no. It's actually much more valuable than that. It requires our very being, our very thinking, our passions, our responses, and difficult ci- circumstances and situations. Really, the standard that is set here of justice, mercy, and humility is too high for any of us to achieve. But we're thankful that Jesus, the one who lived in perfection of being just, of loving mercy, and walking in perfect humility before God has become our means of approaching God the Father. The requirements of God remain, and yet they are fulfilled in you and I and all those who approach God in the name of Jesus, in the perfection of Jesus, in the justice, mercy, and humility of Jesus. As Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So how do we approach God? What is his requirement? His requirement is perfection found in Christ. And we get to live out these ideas as followers of Jesus, these realities of justice, mercy, and humility as we follow Jesus. Our perfect example and the one who brings us to the Father. So let's take a moment to pause and thank God for his fulfilling the requirements of justice, mercy, and humility so that we may approach him with confidence. Jesus, thank you that you showed us how to live perfectly. That you not only fulfilled the requirements and did the deed of sacrifice, but you showed us what life looks like in obedience to God and humility before God and listening to his voice and walking in obedience to him and being filled with forgiveness and mercy and compassion, always forgiving those who are around us, and yet living in justice, acting in justice towards the oppressed and the broken. Thank you, Jesus, that you have modeled that, that you have lived that, and that we get get to participate in the fulfillment of those things. And ultimately, that we get to have the requirements of God fulfilled in our own lives. Not because of our greatness or our esteem but because you've given it to us our Lord Christ and so we thank you Jesus for your perfection we thank you father that we can approach you as your beloved children because of the fulfillment of your requirements in Jesus To his name be the glory forever and ever so that through our lives and by our prayers your kingdom would come